This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This you microphone week? put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. 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 Mr. Fight. on WEI.com. Post game podcast of the season. And unfortunately for the Patriots, ended with a loss 17 to 16 to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, some good things, some bad things, some stuff in the middle. Uh, what were your, I guess, general, like the your biggest takeaway from the game? My biggest takeaway is. Whatever is better than a moral victory, whatever is higher on the feel-good depth chart is what this game was. Because I, you know I've kind of been building since June 15th through now. You have your quarterback. You have your franchise guy. I thought Mac Jones, and I know Giardi and some others put out different statistics of Mac Jones' debut and going back to 1950, he should have won the game. It was an impressive numbers-wise completion percentage, blah, blah, blah. And he put himself in position to win. And Damian Harris, unfortunately, coughed it up and you lose the game. But the the big picture, because we talked about this all last year, 17 weeks last year with Cam Newton, no Jarrett Stidham. You weren't accomplishing anything big picture wise. Even when you were in the playoff hunt, you know, the path was still there in November and December, blah, blah, blah. This year, you've already accomplished something because correct me if I'm wrong, because you like to rein me in at times. Rain me in and, and take me away from victories because, you know, when I want to pick the Dolphins and you talk me into taking the Patriots and you make me go 0-1 in my picks. Yeah, good um, you're, you're on to something. They have their quarterback, correct? No question. I mean, and not only have their quarterback, they have the quarterback that looks – the image I can't get out of my mind from the positive is him, second half, five wide, empty backfield, shotgun, boom, boom, quick throw, quick throw, and – you're going to build on that. You're going to Josh McDaniels. I thought he did a nice job for the most part, although the one for four in the red zone goes on him as much as it goes on Mac or anybody else. Although one of those isn't really on him. He didn't tell Damian Harris to fumble. He so sure told Damian Harris to take a knee and we'll take a field goal to win. The game. <laughs> right. Um, but I thought Josh did a nice job at times. It kind of reminded me of the Steelers a year ago with Roethlisberger out Um and they're doing little rollouts and like a little five yard drag and like almost high school throws or whatever you want to call it, what you do with a young quarterback to get him in there. But then later I thought Mac was just being Mac, being a good quarterback. I mean, I thought obviously the throw to, to James White, we've seen it on the practice field, but that's just dead nuts, balls, great NFL throw. Um, he had one to Aguilar down the left sideline where I thought he stood into pressure, took a hit, delivered it for like 20 21 yards, whatever it was. 
Um, so yeah, big takeaway, Cam Newton, I hate to um, urinate on your parade from your YouTube conversation. Not only did you lose the job, not only did Mac Jones beat you out, he's already proven the decision correct and what we said all along. He's the better quarterback and he gets better or he meets every challenge along the way. He did it from OTAs to mini camp to training camp to preseason. Now he went in a regular season game against a good uh, pressuring, blitzing NFL defense and more than held his own. Yeah, my biggest with him was his ability to take hits. And like, like he stepped up in the pocket, he knew a hit was coming, delivered a good throw. Um, and then I, the other like minor stuff with him, like he doesn't make the same mistake twice. And it was just a little thing too. Like remember when he missed Myers on that deep ball where McCourty made the great play? But it was mm-hmm. just like just a hair underthrown and maybe not as much zip on it. But then I think it was the one to Aguilar. He was like, all right, I need to get more zip on this ball. And he did it. And so I just think he he doesn't make the same mistake twice. He learns quickly. And if you're a Patriots fan, he's only going to get better. It's not like this is a ceiling and this is a, the best game he's ever played in his career or will play in his career. It's not. He's going to get better and better and better. And so big picture, you have to feel pretty good about what you have at quarterback. And big picture – you feel better about the Dolphins, although you shook me into reality a little bit with when I said that Mac was definitely better than Tua. Um, your reaction was, yeah, that's why they'll go get Deshaun Watson the second it's, you know, able to do so legally and league-wide or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. You might actually be better off if Tua was a little bit more mediocre so that they didn't go all in to get Deshaun Watson because if I were them, I mean, I thought they showed their lack of confidence in Tua with – the Jacoby Brissett plays, the Wildcat plays, like they don't, they don't trust to. Well, those were the big third down and shorts. And then the red zone, the Wildcat, you're right. Biggest situations. You're not putting the ball in your franchise quarterback's hands. And I'd also like to point out, don't anybody tell him I said this, but my son, who's a freshman quarterback who could not have crapped the bed anymore in his first game as a freshman quarterback, I got home. And the first thing he said is how come it looks like when Tua's first read isn't available, he freaks out and just chucks the ball i was like that's what jc jackson was, said too. <laughs> like, said he, jc jackson is gonna get is getting some flack for what he said he wasn't wrong at all he probably shouldn't have said it after you lost the game but like what did he say that's wrong right sports is a world where you can't be honest like you can't always be truthful but all he did was state the obvious state what everybody else knew. any dolphins fans that get like bothered by it what in that game proved otherwise like yeah i would got, just say watch the game like you know got lucky it. with a few of the throws and we know how fans work. The second they trade for Deshaun Watson and move on from Tua, Dolphins fans will be more honest. And they'll be like, yeah, he just, if the first read wasn't, they'll be saying all the things they know to be true, but they're afraid to say right now because they want to believe, they're, they're trying to convince themselves. Um, but from a Patriots perspective, I thought, okay, so Mac Jones was good. I think we can all agree Mac Jones was good. I also think you saw the fire from him at various times. Mm-hmm. Um he came af- off after one field goal drive really fired up. And that's another thing. I mean, I know we're nonstop. We get into the comparisons to Brady and this and that. But he definitely has some of that. Even when they succeed, he'll be miserable or he'll be angry because he knows it's not good enough. It's not perfect. It, it might have worked there, but it probably won't work in that situation against a better team or in a, at a different time. And even the way he articulated it postgame about – I let a couple things slide in practice. I can't do that. I have to be more vocal. We have to work more towards perfection, basically, even in practice, which is some of the stuff Trent Brown talked about when he mm-hmm. said, 
you know, we don't even have to wait for, for Bill or Josh McDaniels to fix it. Matt corrects it. He even sounds like he's going to be more vocal and correcting more things on the practice field. Um, the one thing I will say is I also think he needs to um, recalibrate to some degree too. And I don't, it's a weird position because I don't know how you coach him in this, but you want him to be great and you want him to expect perfection and success and winning. But how do you get him to understand you're a rookie quarterback, we're a new offense, it's not going to be perfect. You're not going to win every game. You're, it, you're not at Alabama anymore. Where well, I was just going to say, that was his, this, this is his first loss since November of 2019. Like, this, is, this is new for him. So you're right. Even, how, how do you tell him, like, it's okay to lose a game here and there? Right. You're not always going to dominate. You're not always going to – like, the national title game, they cruised, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if, Am I remembering that right? Didn't they win, like, 45-20 yeah. or something? Yeah, it was never even a game. Um. Like, it's not always going to be like that. You're in the NFL now, and it's not all on him. Like, there's plenty of other things that need to be figured out. But I think managing his fire to make sure it doesn't become a negative or doesn't become like a depression. Oh, you're right. Like, if they – because they're going to they're gonna lose – I'm not going to say they're going to lose more games than they win, but they're going to lose, you know, at least seven or eight games this year. How does he handle those games and not, like, totally derail him? Right, and – what makes him great, that drive, that perfectionist, you need to keep that, but keep it under control so it doesn't derail his his emotions and become like a negative festering issue. Yeah, he's, I mean, I didn't look at his high school career, but I'm just going to assume he's going to lose more games this season than he ever has probably in two or three years in a row right. previously in his career. That's just, and he's not the only one, right? Zach Wilson lost, right? Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence lost mm-hmm. rookie quarterbacks in the NFL tend to lose. It's just the reality of the situation. Um, but the flip side of that is with three minutes and 35 seconds to go, he had his team in position to win. They're at the 11 yard line. You know, you're going to kick, you're going to win. You're going to kill some clock and you're going to put your defense out there and say, guys, this is why we have a good defense. Don't let them do the same. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to manage with this situation. And again, we've talked about this. No one's used to it around here because you got to go back 30 years to the beginning of the Drew Bledsoe era with a rookie. I mean, what was Drew five and 11, but they won the final four of that year. They were a worse team. So you hope it's not that bad, but the reality will be the momentum you feel late in the year is what matters. Like how you feel about it. And I think you're going to feel good about Mac Jones. So I know the one of the, big, the biggest reasons why they lost was Damian Harris's fumble, you know, late in the game. But what would you point to that was the difference besides that? Like, obviously, one for four in the red area. But, like, if you're pointing to one area, one player, one coach, like, who are you kind of saying, like, you, you could have won us the game or could have helped us win the game more? That's a good question. Because, um, obviously, Damian Harris, it, you don't lose a game because of any one play. Well, you did. Right. You lost the game because of that one play. Like, I mean, I guess Nick Folk maybe misses a field goal or you're not, whatever. But um, the one thing I will say is, like, I thought Jonu Smith was a little underwhelming. I you know, thought the same thing. I'm starting to think I may have overhyped Jonu Smith a little Ooh. bit. <laughs> well, after one game, huh? <laughs> I'm reactionary. It's what I do. Oh, um, no, but, like, I said that too, too, after the game. But we haven't looked at, like, how Miami – maybe Miami devoted their entire, you know, secondary to shutting him down. And I do think Miami's a good defense. They they have good corners, good safeties. They blitz. They have, you know, 
that Ogba guy that for a second I thought was just Cameron Wake still playing. Um, they have a pass rush. They, they're pretty good. Um, and I respect Brian Flores as a defensive coach. So I think you will play defenses that are not as good as that, that are not as talented or well-coached, that will give more opportunities. But I don't know. I mean, I know we've talked a lot about dink and dunk and conservative offense. That's what they're going to be. But in my mind, when I talked about that, John U. Smith was the playmaking centerpiece. Mm-hmm. You feel like he was a playmaker yesterday or just a guy out there? Just a guy. Yeah. And I, I'm starting to wonder, did I put too much on him? And by, by extension, Josh, because it's clear. We saw it yesterday. They ran the end around. They lined him up in the backfield. Like, they want to get him the ball. And generally, when you try to get a guy a ball like that, you think he's your playmaker. You think he's, you know, the centerpiece of your mm-hmm. offense. And he wasn't in Tennessee. For a guy, by the way, an offensive coordinator who supposedly is a good coordinator who went on to be a head coach, although his team got absolutely their nuts kicked in uh, on opening day in Atlanta, and they did not use Kyle Pitts in any form or fashion like he's going to be a historic playmaker at the tight end position. Um, so John o. Smith would be a disappointment to me because I am a big believer. We've talked about this. Good teams need go-to guys or playmakers yep. or game changers, whatever you want to call it. And if it's not John o. Smith, who is it for the Patriots? It's Jacoby Myers, and that's not him. And he had a key drop. Right. He had a, a key drop. Like, yeah, if it's – yeah, it can't be Jacoby Myers. Sorry. I like him as much as anybody. Oh, but I, that's, who, that, that's who it was yesterday, and that's not who it, that it's not him. Yeah, and if that just makes it that much harder for Mac Jones, hard, that much harder for the team, your, your margin for error is that much lower. And that's another thing, penalties – the, the penalties and the, you know, oh, we got a gain, but it's coming back for holding, or we got a, an illegal block here. And I thought uh, Matt did a good job of overcoming those. Like he did. He those also drives that were that t- seemed to take like 90 minutes. They still got the ball down the field, but right. But those the four, they had three 14 play drives, all resulted in field goals. And you're normally those are touchdowns. Right. And he also, I thought, did a good job of taking advantage of the, it is what it is. NFL rule roughing the passer mm-hmm. that turned you know, right away. He turns that that sort of gift. Um, and I'm not necessarily even blaming the officials. That's kind of what the rule is. I hate it. But um, immediately turning that into his first touchdown pass to Nelson Aguilar, that's very Brady like you give him that extra flag, you give him that little little opening and he kicks the door in. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a tough way to play that fine line um, of just you're going to expect him to go 14 plays every time he touches the ball. Well, back to Josh, like I, I, he, I give him credit. He called a good game, but then you're obviously going to always nitpick. Like I thought there were some personnel calls in the red area that were like, there was the one play who was out wide. Like I said, do you, this play was doomed from the start based on personnel's like Brandon Bolden out wide. So- oh yeah. That was the play they had. Jonu Smith lined up in the eye behind Jakob Johnson. Yes. Then he motioned out, and on the left side was Brandon Bolden. I expected them to maybe motion Bolden in behind Jakob. They didn't. Maybe that was the idea. They wanted to confuse the defense. That would assume that you're going to – I don't know. Like, at that, um, I think that was in the red area. And then, I don't know, when you have your tight ends, like, that's where Hunter Henry usually does his damage in the red area, and I don't think he got a target in the red zone. Yeah, I – and then I and, thought like, the the screens like Miami's very aggressive with their defense 
how many screens did they call? I don't recall one. Right. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it's nitpicking, but that's what we do here. So that's what I'm like. I'm yeah, not saying Josh was a, a negative. I'm just saying he could have been better. No. Well, the biggest thing, it's all a feeling out process. Like I would say the same thing for George Godsey, his first time play calling for the, there were drives where I thought he mixed it up. They marched right down and then he made some calls and, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like it just very, that they ran the one, was it third and 13? And they ran like a little screen and it was like, you might as well just punt. Like you might as well just punt in that situation. Um, yeah. So there's a learning curve. And, and I think both coordinators have the challenge of young quarterback. They're still figuring out exactly how much they can put on the guy's plate. Um, Cause I do think Josh and, and Mac looked better when they went just sort of the spread and ran the Patriots offense. And I think you'll see more of that earlier. Uh, in games in all likelihood moving forward when they say, yeah, he can do this. He's not going to freak out and make a bad throw. Then to that same point, I, do they even have the horses to do that? And you're um, born as your third receiver. Like I, I questions we've asked from the spring, do they have the depth to do that? Yeah. And we'll find the answers in some weeks, probably yes, depending on the defense on the other side of the ball and some weeks probably no. And that's, that's what I'm talking about where there's that fine line between winning and losing and, you know, pick, you know, there's a reason Vegas said nine and a half and put them right at, you know, a 500 type team, right. middle of the pack type team. Cause that's kind of what the expectation is. If you're being real in terms well, of nine and a half is it's above. No, I know, but you know what I mean? You're right in that middle of the road, middle of the pack area of the NFL where it could go one or two ways. And that's, that's who they are. I, I, I mean, it, it's going to stun me if they are a 13-win team or even a 12-win team. It's I just yeah, I what I said I had 11 in my predictions. I 11 could still happen, but I'm probably leading more towards 10 is like their ceiling. Thank you. That's where I I was all along. Picked well, we go nine we'll, and eight. We'll, we'll get to it a little bit later after we talk about we'll talk about the defense, then kind of get into the bigger picture expectations, or whatever. Like anything surprise you defensively, kind of the same things we thought. Like they play a number of players, guys rotating in and out. Um, front seven can do a lot of things. Back end, I thought the back end played better than I thought. Maybe that's just because Miami's offense isn't great. Yeah, I, I thought Tua was part of that. I know I don't want to be the jackass that beats up on Jalen Mills all the time, but everybody was kind of raving about the pass defense in the end zone. I thought the ball was late. I thought it floated. I thought a guy with a, a quicker throw, a stronger arm, it gets there. Um, so the one thing I will say is the feeling out process, and you mentioned it, they used all the personnel up front. You know, guys were on the field, off the field, packages, Vanoy's inside, Vanoy's outside. Like that, I feel better about that feeling out process because I think the in the end, the talent is higher end. And once they kind of figure out who they want to play, I think that's going to lead to better defense, more big plays. Right. Am I freezing, by the way? Or nope. are you freezing? Maybe okay. I am. It's good. Um, and so I, I think there's upside there. And you saw flashes of what can be like the turnover where there's a pressure, there's a Judon mm -hmm. hit, there's a ball thrown up for grabs. They're in the right position to take advantage of it. Um, or the Josh Uche flash where he you know, runs over Austin Jackson on the way to the sack. They got a Kyle Van Oy sack. His, his uh, snap total surprised me, Uche. I think it was only 15. Yeah, and I don't 
I don't, I don't want to really read into it because it's just one game. I think with the way that they use their personnel, it's better to look at it like a three-game sample size as opposed to one game. Right. I, yeah, I don't – the one thing we noted is they used a lot of bodies. I didn't even look at the snap counts yet, but both in the back end from the big nickel to the little nickel and then linebacker, edge, you know, Winovich is in, Uche's in, you know, moving guy, the front. Um, the front did a good job. Now, I think that's a pedestrian run game. I don't think that's a very good And their line's game. not great. Right. So you should win that matchup. Um, and that's, that's something to build on, but I do think big picture, kind of like Mac, like you feel good about Mac moving forward. I think you should feel good about your defensive personnel moving forward. Um, now there's going to be hiccups. I'm sorry, Jalen Mills. When you take the field against the bucks, when you take the field against the Cowboys, whatever it is, they should pick on you. They should really be aggressive. I think throwing the ball down the field, um, but other than that, I think you should feel good about where this defense is going to be in a couple of weeks. Because I do think defensively, you have the talent and expectation that this is an extension of the preseason. They're finding out what they have, how they like to use guys, what the exact fits of roles will be. And I think that'll pay off down the road. Are you worried about Damon Harris at all? Like how he bounces back from this? Because, I mean, it's he, he said he cost him the game. Like this could be. This could this has the potential to linger for some players. I'm not specifically worried about this fumble and him, but this is what I was talking about when Megan Ottolini just mocked me because I questioned the the depth and the, the the backfield. And she's like, Oh my god, they have all these running backs. They just traded Sony. And I'm like, Yeah, which one's a proven commodity not named James White? Because you don't know that Damian Harris can carry the load for 15, 18 weeks, whatever. Yeah, that was my take well, even before the fumble was he didn't he didn't get hurt. He didn't get dinged up, but just like he doesn't look like a guy that can sustain that for 17 weeks. And that's the unknown. And then, oh, by the way, your upstart, everybody's excited about next LeGarrette Blunt rookie, also fumbled. Also He's also fumbled, got blown up, and only played five snaps. In part because two of his snaps were horrific. They ended and don't effing tell me it wasn't a fumble. If the refs call it a fumble and then go to video and say confirmed, it's a damn fumble. You can't pretend it didn't happen. It happened. You gave the ball to the other team and then he gets back on the field. And I believe he was only in pass protection because that was right after Damian Harris's helmet came off and it hit Correct. him in the face. Correct. Okay. So we may not have even seen him in that role and he gets that he's forced into being that. And he gets run over. He's a speed bump by a Landon Roberts. Um, so the the questions about the proven ability or reliability of your running backs are already bubbling to the surface. J.J. Taylor was inactive, um, a healthy scratch. So I like Damian Harris. I thought he ran pretty well. Now, you, you had a 35-yard run on the first play of the game. That was relatively easy. That helps. That certainly helps your production on the day. Um I think he'll bounce back from this. I will say we're going to talk about it. Um, he, I give him credit for coming to the podium. He was certainly emotional, did his best to say the right thing. We're going to move on from this. It's not going to define me. I thought he borderline had tears in his eyes. At, at I like, kind of thought he did too. Okay. And I also, you don't agree with this. When he was, asked about Mac, when he was asked about Mac Jones twice, he had very icy responses, and I would urge listeners, go back and look at it. I'm sure it's on Patriots.com or BZ or somewhere. You can find it. I thought he had very icy responses, and I'm just watching where all that goes. I'm not saying anything, 
I'm just wondering why the icy responses and emotionally, where does Damian Harris go from here? Just saying. I'm going to try to do something. And what? You're trying to watch it right now? Yeah. 29 or 39, and he stood in the pocket, took some hits. What do you think of his toughness out there, just taking some of those hits? Um, yeah, I thought he played tough. It was like dismissive. Uh, Damien, uh, yeah, 25. And the yeah. look, the look, what did you think of the look? I just, I'm not with you on this one. I just think it's him cost the team the game. He doesn't want, the other answer is basically ask Coach Belichick when he was asked yeah. Mac Jones' performance. And I think yeah. that was just him already being in hot water with fumbling to lose the game. He doesn't want to say something that maybe Coach Belichick could turn into, like, why are you saying that about rookie Mac Jones after his first game when we lost? Like, yeah. what, 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 in your eyes, what should he have said? Uh, you know, Mac's a tough guy. I have a lot of faith in Mac. I think we all do. I think he came out. And he played relatively well, but in the end, like the rest of us, it wasn't good enough to win. Or I don't know, something like that. I just, it was icy. I can't get past the word that's in my brain. It was icy, the look on his face, the words. Now, maybe you're right. Maybe he's one of those guys that his, and we've seen a number of them over the years, their fear of Belichick and getting in trouble makes them sound like a-holes, makes them yes. sound defensive. Uh, maybe that's it, but I don't know. This is a guy that went to Alabama. They come from the same program. It's like, his you see them off the field during training camp. Their girlfriends are very close. They're always together. Like, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think there's anything there. See if, I don't know. Okay, we can move on. Just saying. I'm not no, saying. I'm just you saying. Throw, you can throw it out there. That's that's fine. So if there does something that comes up later on, and I can, just wonder, and I'm totally speculating here. I haven't seen video. I haven't heard audio. Anything. Could Mac have like reacted like, cause he's fiery. We know he's fiery. Could he just said like, what the F happened? Like, and maybe it rubbed Harris the wrong way. Maybe they just like, and I'm not saying they're now hated enemies. Okay. I'm just going to continue with this narrative that it happened. If it did happen, what, isn't that what you want from Mac Jones? Yeah. But what I don't want is the reaction from Damian Harris. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you said you said earlier you wanted like more fire from Mac Jones, hold the teammates more accountable. So if he did say like, "What the f, man!" Like that's what that's kind of what you want from your quarterback. Correct, and I like he had. It gets back to what we talked about a little bit earlier, though. You do need to manage that. He can't be overly fiery, a hole. Mm -hmm. Like there's a there's a fine line there. Um, but the bigger question, what you asked, do you have to have a little bit of concern about Damian Harris? Yes, you do. That's just the reality. You also have to have a concern about the running game because we've gone down this road. There were times where Steven Ridley dealt with this and got benched and lost opportunities and lost carries. But if you bench Damian Harris and you bench Ramondre Stevenson, where exactly is the running game coming from? I mean, there were plays in this game where they had James White out there for a while and they were trying to run James White a little bit. And if you're trying to run James White at this point in his career, you're in trouble. We're not even mentioning this too. Trent Brown went down with an injury. Justin Haran came in and played uh, right tackle for him. And then he, I didn't even notice this during the game, probably because we were writing at the end, but he didn't finish. They had um, what the the Durant from Kansas City come in and play yep. right tackle. So you already have uh, depth concerns at that position, which we also noted going into the season. 
Yeah, I think people mocked us for that. Oh, you got a great offensive line. Yeah, we're not saying you don't. You have a great offensive line if the five stars are out there. The problem is your two tackles for the last two years have not been, well, Wynn for his whole career has not been out there the whole time. Trent Brown, when he was in Oakland uh, with the Raiders, wasn't out there the whole time. And now Trent Brown isn't out there, what was it, like seven snaps into the season or something early? Early in the first quarter, and it's a calf, which he dealt with last year with the Raiders too. So it's a reoccurring injury. Uh, our good friend of the podcast, Mike Girardi, noted too, like everyone talks about basketball players having the leg injuries that kind of linger early, late in their careers. Same thing with Trent Brown. Like this isn't, right. he's a big guy, tall guy, big body, like these lower body injuries could come back. And so maybe Trent Brown's not a guy you can count on to play maybe as much as you would have thought. And you need him. You talk about the running game, probably not a coincidence that they had that big opening run to the right side. You're going to run to the right side, I think, behind him quite a bit. And then you get Justin Haran out there and what's his name? Yasir Durant and changed his number. I didn't even know that. Announcing numbers. Not a lot of people in the press box. Did everybody who was like, number 70, who's that? Looking at my flip card. There's nobody on here with that number. What do we do? When you make the flip cards on like Tuesday when, you know, stuff can happen. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's certainly an issue that that needs to be watched. Is he going to miss, you know, just this game? Is he going to miss multiple games? And how do you deal with that moving forward? So the, the bigger thing, too, that we teased earlier, like these expectations with the Patriots, I think they need to be altered a little bit. Like, I think we talked about it off air, but with a rookie quarterback, more often than not, NFL teams lose those games. Like If you lose yep. a one-point game and a, a rookie's first game, more often than not, they're going to be on the losing side. And mm-hmm. that's going to come up other times this year. They're going to have one possession game, three-point game, where maybe it swings to the loss end, where with Tom Brady, those games were more often not wins. Right. You find a way to win. And he – I think you the expectation, you actually have to remove the word expectation. It just becomes observation, hopefulness, whatever it is. You, you're no longer – in a position where you expect to win or you're entitled to win. I said it to you, like you can easily find 13 or 14 losable games on the Patriots schedule. I'm not saying they're going to lose them all, Mm -hmm. but you're not stunned if they lose that game, by the way, one of them that I don't think is losable. The team is one and oh, the Houston Texans. So maybe I also the saints that everybody said could be an easy, easy game. They just smashed the the Packers. Right. The, the popular Super Bowl. uh, team Packers just got killed by the saints and you have to play them. Um, And then you mix those in with losable games that include Tom Brady or Dak Prescott or some of these high powered offenses. It's, I keep using the comparison a few years ago. I tried to express post Gronk that you don't think of Gronk and tight end. That's not fair to whoever steps in there, whether it's Ryan Izzo, Devin Asiasi, you know, Hunter Henry, Gronk was a generational all-time great. Unfortunately, your mind remembers what he did and how good he was, but you have to erase that. And I think you have to erase the dynasty is over, right? The dynasty is over. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you can't be good. You can't go on another run. You can't build something. But the dynasty days of roll out of bed, Brady leads you to 30 points. He leads you to 12 plus wins. He leads you to the AFC title game. A bad year, you lose the title game. A good year, you win the Super Bowl. That's your like window. That's all gone. It's hard to win in the NFL. I don't think Bill Belichick is a bad coach. 
I don't think he's a sub 500 coach. I'm not with Asante Samuel that he's just a guy. But the reality is he knows it's hard to win in the NFL. He without said it Tom when they Brady. were winning all those games. Right. Like, so I don't, I, spoiled is a word that gets thrown around Patriot Nation. Fans are spoiled. Media is certainly spoiled. Like, I don't understand these media members that are picking 12 wins. It's a failure if they don't make the playoffs, blah, blah. Like, no, it's hard to win. It's hard to win with a rookie making, you know how. Well, just put yourself in like, I don't even know what, Tennessee, and they have a rookie quarterback, and they lost 17 to 16, like, and their rookie quarterback played well. That would be viewed as like a positive. Like, that's good. You're building something. Whereas here in New England, it's almost like, are they going to make the playoffs? Like, are things really like not as good as we thought? Like, it's okay. You're with a rookie quarterback. You're going to lose games like this, and it Correct. ultimately, in the end, it is going to help Mac Jones and become the NFL quarterback he is. But you know, for example, the way the dynasty ended, you made the playoffs. You played on wild card weekend and you lost. Failure. You make the playoffs this year and lose on wild card weekend. I think that's a success with Matt. Absolutely Jones. success. Or in the old days, when they would collect a hat and T-shirt on December seventeenth, mm-hmm. that's like ho hum. Throw this to the side because we want the Super Bowl hat. We want the Super Bowl. No, no, no. You should cherish now. Once again, go back in time and remember what it once felt like to make the playoffs or win a playoff game or win the division. It's hard to do, and. I, I don't know how long it takes to sort of cleanse the expectation of winning from the fan base, even from the media. Again, the media that's rolling out of bed and saying they're going to win 12 games and make the playoffs and, oh, my God. I think we, we and me included, over – we just kind of assumed just because Mac Jones is good, he could step in and immediately, like, turn things around and win games. Yes, he can help do that, but it's not going to be every single week. And – the, the roster that we say is better is a hundred percent, but is definitely better, but that however much better doesn't guarantee that directly relates to winning. And right. I also don't know how much better, like there are guys that I know are better, like Matt Judon is no, like the, the roster is better than seven and nine, but is that two games better that get you to nine and eight? And if that's right. the case, it's not enough to make the playoffs. So like you're getting better, but you're not taking that, big big jump that i think some fans and media just expected to happen and how much better like we talked about it with john smith he's better than ryan Izzo. he's going to catch if he's healthy his usual 40 plus balls is that good enough or are you expecting him to catch 80 like andy like are you saying he's a set and that difference can be the difference between you being a nine win team or an 11 win team if he breaks out and he's your playmaker that might earn you or if Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn get hurt, all of a sudden that's the difference between, well, yeah, John who Smith broke out. You could win 11. Oh boy. We got no tackles. Now we're back to a nine win team. Like there's some, the mosaic bill likes to use that word mosaic about roster building and all that goes into it. The mosaic of the season is so complex and it's more complex when you, you don't have the all time great quarterback to lead you. Now, my, my big takeaway to come full, full circle on this, I think you now have a quarterback that at worst you have a competitive advantage or or you're competitive each and every week at the quarterback position. There'll be bad games just like there were over the years for every quarterback that, you know, Aaron Rodgers had a bad game 
couple picks and, but is, I, I would bet on him bouncing back this week, even though he's a little older, like those guys that always bounce back. I think Mac Jones, you will have a, whatever the ratio is. If he's a great quarterback, you'll have a, a 10 to one good game to bad game ratio. Yeah. If he's a good quarterback, maybe it's only six to one, but guess what? I'll take a six good game to one bad game ratio. Cause I think that's good enough to be competitive more often than not. All right. Uh, we'll, be back. Uh, I think Thursday will be our regular podcast day. We want to lock that in. Ah, sure. All right. I said with a question mark. I don't know. <laughs> Thursday seems to be our game preview day, um, and then we'll continue our uh, post game. Can we touch on something real quick? I guess yes. Sure. Um, not really game related, but was game day related. There was a report from Adam Schefter early oh, yeah. on game day morning that the reason, one of the many reasons that the 49ers traded up three first round picks to the number three spot in the draft was to make sure the Patriots didn't leapfrog them to get Mac Jones. They believed, I don't know if they believed it based on Intel or just speculation that the Patriots had zeroed in on Mac Jones, the relationship with Alabama, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, all of that. Um, A, do you buy it? What was the point of it? I read and, it three times and I don't understand what he was trying to say. I don't, it was clearly something that he got from, let's just assume the Patriots and they told him to hold it for week one of the season or told them this week it, he was doing the Patriots a favor. There's, there's no other way to, to read the situation. It was a, a, a very strange report to come out the week one of the NFL season when the NFL draft was four months. I think let's this flush, was, yeah. Let's flush this out because, um, some of the trolls and the Twitter douchebags and whatever. Um, oh, oh, you think that came from New England? Why do you think that? He didn't corroborate it with the 49ers. Adam Schefter, one of the best information guys. Well, first of all, yeah, I do think it came from New England. Why would the 49ers leak that they gave up three first-round picks to trade up for a guy they didn't end up taking? And, oh, by the way, that guy fell to the 15th pick in the draft at the Patriots. The Patriots just stood pat. It, it, it makes no sense to me why that would ever come out of San Francisco. It makes it, them look bad. It's a, yes, it would, it's a and negative. That whole report is really a negative towards San Francisco. And if you're going to read into it, you can read into Patriots got their man. They, the rest of the league believed they wanted him. The rest of the league was jumping through hoops to blah, 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 blah. But in the end, they played it perfectly. Got their man at 15. Didn't have to give up future first round picks to go get, Mac Jones, the way the 49ers did Trey Lance, the way the Bears did with uh, Justin Fields. Like, we won this game. We wanted him all along. It's perfect, blah, blah, blah. I don't know whether that's true or not. Maybe they did want Mac Jones all along, and maybe it did play out perfectly for them. But to, to believe that this came from San Francisco. Well, yeah, and, no. and also to think it came from, like, Adam Schefter's networking and reporting on his own. Why would the lead NFL analyst for ESPN – on week one of the NFL season, be digging back into the NFL draft. Like, it makes no sense. Right, right. And now he he has this. Remember, this was the his thing with Aaron Rodgers on draft night. Oh, no, no, no. I had that for a while. I was sitting on – you're full of crap. You actually said in the report and then tried to back it, back it off. So Rodgers wanted to dominate the draft or whatever that side wanted certain mm -hmm. views out there. And I think the Patriots side, whether it came from Belichick or the Crafts or whoever – the Patriots side wanted everybody to know that they, they got their man in Mac Jones. And, you know, I don't know. I actually think it was bad because it rehashes old stories. I don't mm -hmm. see the need for it. This may have been appropriate 
on the day after the draft when Chris Schein on our station was screaming and yelling that if they wanted Mac Jones, they would trade up to get this him. Was and- a, this was something that should have been done May whatever, 4th, 5th. Very not, strange. Not September 12th. Made zero sense. Very strange, but whatever. I will say, um, continuing the, the preseason, just real quick here, all five quarterbacks um, contributed, made some plays, looked like they might might be, be something NFL this class. players. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be, it's going to be a historic class if all five are good. If, if And I wouldn't be surprised. Like we saw uh, Lance and Fields get some action, like sooner rather than later, they're going to be starting games. Certainly Fields, the Lance, Jimmy using both, because Jimmy played well. He threw yep. for 300 yards. He, you know, put them in position to have a blowout and then they kind of held on. Um, he did fumble the first snap of the game, which inexcusable i don't I, I don't know how that happens to a veteran i mean i didn't even see the play i just actually heard about it but that's like you're you, you have a young guy who's nipping at your heels to play you can't fumble the first snap of the game whether it's the center's fault or not it, it can't happen it absolutely cannot happen um but yeah patriots have one of the five quarterbacks in what looks like it should be a historic class all right well uh we'll talk to you thursday peace out